Let's go. The great Larry Fitzgerald is with us. Let's go. Presented by Hertz. At Hertz, you can change the scenery without ever changing your standards. That's right. No matter where you are with Hertz, you'll always find exactly the right vehicle to make your let's go moment unforgettable. Visit Hertz.com to book today. Hertz, let's go. We're going with Larry Fitzgerald to the Super Bowl. We're coming to Glendale. We're coming to Phoenix with Mr. Arizona. (laughs) It's so exciting, Fitz. Here we come. You ready to host us all? Jim, 13 days, baby, into the big dance. 13 days. I mean, it's going to be really exciting. We're so um, enthusiastic about hosting the Super Bowl out here. Um, you know, two great teams, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles coming out here playing for all the chips. You are the chairman. You are the host. You are the man of the welcome committee of the entire Arizona. Here comes the Super Bowl committee. And uh, they picked the perfect guy. How are you handling, how are you handling all the details for that? What's well, a great honor, Jim, to be able to be associated with such a um, huge spectacle. You know, nothing brings more attention and eyes and viewership and and just curiosity than the Super Bowl does here in the United States. And to be able to have that converge on the city you live in brings in millions of dollars of restaurants and hotels and golf and hiking to our economy and, and, and our tax base. This is, uh, this is a great opportunity for us to really showcase the magnificent state that we live here in Arizona. And uh, I'm elated that we have the opportunity and, and hopefully we'll have many more down the road. Do I smell a political future? You gave a beautiful eulogy for Senator McCain. Uh, you are the mayor, the unofficial mayor of the entire state, no matter what city you're in, be it Flagstaff, Phoenix, Scottsdale, no matter where you are, you are shaking everybody's hand. You're always available. Do I smell a bit of a political future here, possibly? No chance, Jim. No chance. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not something I, I would ever aspire to. Um, you know, politics is pretty divisive. And uh, no matter what side of the aisle you stand on, you know, somebody will have a problem with you. You know, pol- politics and religion, the two things that uh, for sure make your hair fall out. Is that what's happened to your forehead? I think so. Now five head, now six head. I think, I politics so. and religion, huh? <laughs> and and some of the crazy things that he watched in football, and especially plays like the one we saw yesterday in the Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, um, the unnecessary roughness on the sideline by the rookie Joseph Osai. I mean, Jim, I mean, you, you just that that will make your hair fall out. And no matter what age you are, um, you know, you just you just can't make a play like that. Just it's inexcusable. You no, know, in a preseason game, but let alone the AFC Championship. But he did, and we see it repeatedly. And you know, you have to feel for him. Uh, you, you see him crying on the bench afterwards, and and his teammates come to his aid after the game. Coach Taylor, uh, after the game, defends him, says it's not one play, but it is one play. And then you had another uh, one of the uh, Bengals going into the going into the locker room saying, "What in the f is he doing?" And so it's going to be a problem for him, and he's going to have to live with this the rest of his life. Can you just explain the adrenaline that's going through guys in that moment? Because you have to pursue as fast as you can until you get to that white out of bounds. And then the second you set an inch over that, you're supposed to stop. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tight wire, Jim. I mean, you've got so much emotion going through your system. You have so much, in, um, you know, venom. Like, you want to get to them. You've been chasing them all day, and you want to make a play that's going to be the difference-making play in the game. And you know, but you just you have to instantly just turn it off. As soon as you see guys get around, especially with the quarterback, you got to just automatically assume that anything you do over there is going to be called. You have to know that, especially with the down and distance, um, you can't put them in position to have an attempt to be able to get a field goal. Time is running out. Um, you, you just have to you, you just have to make better choices. You've you've had to live with a loss 
not because of a mistake of yours, but just to live with the loss of knowing, you know, how close you were to winning a Super Bowl. And, and you hear about James Harrison all the time. And, mm -hmm. and you hear about Holmes making that catch. And, and you did your part. How difficult is it to live with that? Does it get easier as the years go by? Or is it something that's just constant? Well, no, I mean, especially during this time of the year when you're seeing, you know, the pageantry, right? You've seen all the old DeMarcus Allen, you know, cutback touchdown or, you know, the, the Lynn Swan jump over the top of uh, of the defender catch or the David Tyree sticking to his helmet or the James Harrison interception return for a touchdown for 99 yards. You know, like those plays are they're, they're coming up. You know, you see it. So it, it's, it's emphasized a lot more. But, you know, it wasn't a loss that was predicated on a play that I made, right? That's a lot different, you know, you know, the ebbs and flows of a game and, and how they go. But if you, you know, make a play like that, that you really are, you know, kind of stands out, that, that's tough. That's a lot tougher to handle. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. We're here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, you just can't stop banking on or off the field. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC. Patrick Mahomes is a tough, courageous, determined, magical athlete. And we saw we saw the best of him yesterday. Uh, is played a scantling. Uh, I don't think there are many quarterbacks on two good legs that'll make that play, let alone the bad ankle that he had. And then to run right there at the end to pick up that extra yardage and actually, to a certain degree, induce the penalty because he knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. He knows how to stop. He knows how to get pushed. He knows how to fall. Yeah. Um, and it's a great, great player. And we're able to witness this, uh, you know, in our lifetimes. And, and I think that everybody kind of has a recognition unlike others where we know what we have and, and we can enjoy it because he lets us all enjoy it. It's really kind of cool, isn't it? It really is, Jim. And we talked about this earlier in the year, too, about there are certain athletes that are not only great players, right, but the pageantry and the way they play with the, with the joy, the smiling and the flair for dramatics makes it just so much more enjoyable. And not, you get that sense when you're watching them on TV – you get that sense that you're watching one of the greatest to ever do it. And you sit there on the couch and you marvel at some of the plays, you know, you know, the injury that he had the week before and what he had to go through to be able to get himself physically prepared to go out there and play in a game that meant, you know, everything to, to him and that organization to be the team that's, you know, had their number over the last three games and kept, came in there with, with a lot of confidence and, you know, to be able to, make the plays that he made, you know, at the end of that game, you know, really just uh, it's it's the reason he's the National Football League MVP. You know, Larry, you just couldn't take your eyes off of Michael Jordan. You, it didn't matter where the ball was. You couldn't take your eyes off him. And then it was Kobe Bryant. It was Dr. J. It's Tom Brady. It's Patrick Mahomes now. It doesn't matter where the ball is. Even after he throws the ball, you're looking at him because you want to see his reaction. You want to see that that exuberance and that enthusiasm, or you want to see the disappointment, or you want to see the determination that he'll do better the next uh, the next play. Um, we don't have that very often in professional football. No, you don't. You don't. And you know, in you saying that, I mean, I, I vividly remember yesterday when when he was trying to throw the ball, the ball slipped out of his hand, the, the fumble, 
Hendricks picked up the ball and the fumble, and you could see him pacing up and down that sideline. And I remember the them, you know, zooming in and Tony Romo and Jim Nance were talking about what his what his mindset and his psyche. And all he was doing is going over there and motivating his teammates, let them know, yeah, I made a mistake, but we're going to get it back and we're going to go down and win this game. Like, he wasn't pouting. He wasn't frustrated. He was only in, like, there's nothing I can do to control that last moment. Like, this is what we can control, and I'm going to be better for you guys. And, like, you could see that. You could feel it. Um, and, like, we're we're watching one of the greatest to ever do it, Jim, and we, and we get a front row seat. Take us inside again. What's it like when you know all eyes are on you? Because you've had that feeling, not to this, not to this degree, but you know when everybody, your teammates, your opponents, the fans in the stands, and everybody on television across the nation's looking at you. It's a great feeling, Jim. It it really is. It's one that, you know, um, that you appreciate, you understand the magnitude of it. You um you know what the expectations are, but you also know what your ability is. And I think that he understands how talented he is, how gifted he is, his responsibility to continue to grow this game and make it um, continue to be America's game. Um, and I think he embraces everything that you that you love about competition and, and sportsmanship. And, um, you know, like we're very lucky to be able to watch him play, you know, in his prime. Can he improve or are we seeing we, we seeing the best of him? No, I, I think there's th- there's aspects that he can improve on, right? But I mean, you're splitting hairs there. I, I think when you get to that level, like your goal is just to maintain your level of greatness, right? You know, just continue to be the consistent player that you are every single week, right? And and I think that's the the real struggle is just being able to find a consistency. You know, I think in sports we've seen sometimes guys who are the very best, you know, go out and do things to try to get more out of it and sometimes it becomes detrimental and then and you know one of my favorite you know athletes if not my favorite player in Tiger Woods I mean a lot will go back and say when Tiger was was being coached by you know Butch Harmon right like what what more could could you do like you were the very best ball striker improved driver the best short game the most clutch putter like you, you had everything right and um, you, you're still searching for for more, right? And sometimes you look back, and we have the ability to to look at hindsight, right, and say, man, like if he'd have just stayed on that line, he could have won 25 majors, right? You know, but uh, I, I think it's very important that obviously you're trying to pursue excellence, but when you get to the top of the mountain, realizing like I am the very best, I needed to stay at this level, um, and, I, and I think that's something that you know when Pat is evaluating his season and looking at the things. He wants to improve on, you know, maybe you can say, okay, maybe I would like to cut down on my interceptions, right? Um, maybe cut down on the sacks that I take, right? You know, things, these are these are small things, but you don't want to take away, you know, the other things that he does magnificently. So we're splitting hairs. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. We're going to follow up on that uh, in just a moment. Our program is brought to you by Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway, as Fitz is always looking for one, a weekend retreat, as Fitz always does, or just a day of fun. His whole life is fun. He's the perfect guy for this. Golden Nugget Hotel and Casinos are the perfect destination for the ultimate getaway. Visit goldennugget.com to book your getaway today. You got a lot of getaways, don't you? And I'm sure Golden Nugget's part of them, isn't it, Larry? <laughs> you know, Jim, I, I like to do my little vacations. I, I do. You, you spoiled me years ago when you took me down to 
down to Cabo, um, El Dorado, and you know, you, you spoiled me out to McKenna and all these great places you you've exposed me to. So I, I would say you are uh, you're one of the reasons I I I, uh, I think the way I think now. Well, Discovery Land Company spoiled you. I just exposed <laughs> you to it. Well, I I had no access to it before Jim Gray though. Oh, they know they know what to do. They know what yes, to do. They, do. They, they treat they treat a great guest like you even better. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about what you just raised. We see this pursuit for perfection. And guys do touch it for that moment. Can't hold on to it, but they touch it. Describe the difference in demeanor, because I'm sure you've had teammates and I'm sure you've had it with yourself as well as opponents. Some guys are tormented by that. Tiger Woods. And some guys seem to love it. Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Well, Describe I mean, there's, the there's, difference. Two, there's two different type of, you know, athletes, right? Um, I think, you know, guys like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, you know, Michael Phelps, like the, these guys are, they're not just okay with winning, right? They want to, they want to, dest- they want to destroy you in the process. Like they want to take, they want to take everything that you have from you, right? And, that's, Kobe that's Bryant, Mamba mentality. Yeah, just just Kobe, I would put him in that same category. You know, you, you look at guys like Roger Clemens, you know, he wanted to embarrass you at the plate. He wanted to know that you had nothing for him. You're going to go inside, outside, just complete domination. Randy Johnson, these guys, they wanted to they wanted to own you. They wanted to own you physically. They wanted to own you mentally. Um, and then you look at guys like Steph Curry or even Magic Johnson, um, you know, with Showtime, always flashing the smile and you know, so generous with his time. And you look at Pat Mahomes, these guys, they want to beat you, but they understand that this is a, this is, this is a canvas that they want to paint. And do they want to beat you? Yes, but they don't want to embarrass you or destroy you or, or hurt your feelings. They just want to go out there and do their job and beat you. You know, the general fan kind of gravitates a little bit more to those type of guys because, you know, they, they enjoy the sportsmanship a little bit. They, they want to see a player play at his very best and, and be, humble and gracious um, as he accepts his MVP trophy at the end of the game. <laughs> Yet we do see great popularity in the other side as well. I mean, True. is there a better description than Mike Tyson? People love <laughs> watching Mike Tyson. You know they what I think? I, no, I, I, you definitely enjoy, enjoy, but I think, you know, Mike over the last few years has really ingratiated himself to the public because he's so transparent and open and willing to give you insight into what his mindset was during those times. And I think, you know, Mike is even more loved now today, you know, than he, than he was when he was a dominant boxer in the, in the, in the height of his career. Um, you know, so I, I think a lot of that, you know, comes into play. A lot of wisdom too. Yeah. Very highly intelligent guy. A lot yeah, of wisdom is. that he's been able to share and he's been able to do it uh, in the framework now of, of, I wouldn't say the reinvention because he's still the same guy, but he's paid his price and yeah. he's paid his debt and mm-hmm. he's owned and taken accountability for what he's done. Yeah. And so now given these other opportunities, uh, he's made the most of it. Yeah. And and I think that's something that's important when you, when you talk about athletes, you know, people want to see, you know, your scars, they want to hear about your stories and your exploits and the things that you stumbled on, the things that you triumphed on. I mean, I think the whole, the whole picture um, is something that people are interested in learning about. You know, obviously, now not everything is glitz and glamour. You know, when you're when you're on top of the world, you're heavyweight champion in the world, and you're making hundreds of millions of dollars for fights and driving around in Rolls Royce and private planes and tigers and lions and stuff in your backyard. But like, 
You know, is that is that actual reality, right? You know, people want to know what's behind the curtain. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is Let's Go, and we are brought to you by K Jewelers. Shop K's Valentine's Sale starting February 3rd and save on a gift that means more without spending more. Visit your local K store or shop at K.com. Celebrate Valentine's Day and every kiss with K. And Larry, I know you'll be celebrating that holiday. A lot of kisses for Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know about that, but I did see a lot of kisses on that field uh, with the George Hallis trophy for the Eagles. And I saw that Lamar Hunt trophy by the Chiefs. Uh, there was a lot of kisses on those trophies this weekend. How about that? I mean, the Lamar Hunt trophy here, son, here's my trophy. Clark Hunt accepts again. Third time. <laughs> third time is the charge. And that's that's an awesome honor to be able to, you know, have that trophy passed down in the family again. It's uh it's a, it's a great honor. The great Lamar Hunt came up with the Super Bowl, invented the name Super Bowl, and he will be celebrated. When we return, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, the disappointment, and we'll also turn our attention to the NFC, the dominance of the Philadelphia Eagles and the unfortunate and misfortune of the 49ers. Stay with us right here on Let's Go, Jim Gray, Larry Fitzgerald on Sirius XM. Hey, it's Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow, a Sirius XM podcast. Working our way towards Super Bowl 57 with the kind of analysis you won't find anywhere else. We go beyond the headlines and try to get to what's really going on in the NFL. On Mondays, we react to the weekend's games. Who were the difference makers? Which were the moments we'll never forget? Then on Wednesdays, we look ahead to the next round of games, where they'll be decided, and what you should be looking for. The NFL Roadshow is available on the SXM app with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray, along with the great Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA! And wasn't that just a beautiful national anthem sung in Kansas City yesterday by U.S. Navy veteran General Wilson? Uh, Larry, it really it got goosebumps by everybody. One of the chiefs they showed on the sideline was crying. Just a beautiful voice and, and just a great moment, great rendition. Well, Jim, nothing, nothing brings, you know, military sports pageantry together like a, like a football game. And, you know, when you hear just the, the passion that he was singing with and you scan around the stadium and you see everybody – you know, completely captivated um, by by his singing. Um, it's it just makes you really appreciate just not only the men and women who are putting their lives on the line to protect our freedoms, but just how much you know that that song means to our country. And along with USAA, everybody, please continue to support the salute to service. The flyover was just just majestic. Uh, quite frankly, uh, let's wrap up the uh, Cincinnati Bengals season. A uh, heartbreaking way to end. Uh, Joe Burrow, a couple of interceptions yesterday. Uh, That team played so well throughout the season and and gave their fans so much to to cheer about and to look forward to. They do end on this note. They were a little bit braggadocious. It's kind of uncommon, but even the mayor of Cincinnati, who uh, Travis Kelsey got after after the game, you know, they just put a little too much out there, didn't they, to give a little bit extra motivation, particularly when they weren't playing at home? 
Well, I don't know if it was, you know, too much. I mean, they, they've been playing well. They're, they're a confident group. Um, but, Jim, they just didn't play great yesterday. Um, you know, they, they made some mistakes on, on both sides of the ball. You know, they, they had no answers for Jones yesterday. He was completely dominant inside, three sacks. But even uh, taking away those three sacks, I mean, he was just disruptive the entire game. Um, and in the in the second interception in particular, you know, it was Joe just kind of forcing the ball down the field, and and I hadn't seen him do that, you know, in the previous seven or eight weeks. He was taking what was there, you know, taking what was given there, um, and I felt like there was some balls yesterday that were just kind of uncharacteristic. So they didn't play nearly um, the quality of football that we had seen them play over the last two months, and you know, quite frankly, they just didn't deserve to win that game. They didn't play well enough. Yet they were right there till the end, which, which, which they were. And I, I think a lot of a lot of that had to do with, you know, Kansas City's inability offensively to really find their grit, their, their rhythm. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the most beautiful, poetic game I've ever seen in my life. Right. It was competitive. Well, they were playing without any receivers. I mean, no, all their I, receivers I, were hurt. Travis no, Kelsey's I, hurt. Patrick yeah, Mahomes I, is hurt. Um, I, I, no, I, I understand all of that, Jim, but I'm just saying it, it wasn't the most efficient game that I've seen, right? Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs, at the end of the day, we talked about this last week, is most most games are lost, right? Um, they made, Cincinnati made more mistakes and, and costly situations than the Chiefs did. And when you're at home and you're losing the point differential, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of things that you had to overcome. They didn't have enough to overcome it. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is brought to you by American Express. It's easy to get excited about going to a game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle or smelling the game day concessions from your seat. It's all the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of the game. And you know that Amex will be there every step of the way. Because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. And also, you know, as we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and we close out their season, you know, just something that you have to think about. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals were able to, over the last three years, surround Joe Burrow with talented players and, and draft picks, right? That's going to look a lot different this offseason when they have to pay him, you know, two to $300 million and he's going to be making a $50 million salary plus. Like, the dynamics of that team is going to change, Jim. And, um, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about taking advantage. You know, you saw Seattle do it with Russell Wilson. Um, you saw the Kansas City Chiefs do it, you know, early on with Pat Mahomes. You know, it's, it's difficult. And we've seen to- Tom Brady do it with a whole career. And maybe Joe Burrow will take that, take that lesson. And I know it's easy to say when it's not your money to take less money. You're shaking your head. I understand that. But, but look at where Aaron Rodgers is now. Aaron Rodgers really has no other team to go to. Because who's taking that on? Nobody's taking that on. No matter how great he is, they're not taking on those numbers in that contract. And if he stays at Green Bay, he's a great player, and they've got some good pieces. But it's so hard to win again because of the circumstance that the formula puts them in. So, you know, go ahead and shake your head and give me the naysayers on that. Jim, I I say maybe on his third contract, maybe he, he plays for a little bit less, but you know, this is his first real bite at the apple. He he blew his he blew his ACL a few years ago, so he saw for a year the game being taken away from him. Like you, you only have a very small opportunity in this game to get your bite at the apple, Jim. Like any, you you saw. I mean, you saw what happened to Brock Purdy. I mean, this is one touch of the touch of the hand and and your elbow. You know, like it's it's such a tough physical game, Jim. And you you have to take advantage when you have the when you have the opportunity. 
You're right, and anything can happen. Brady's managed 23 seasons. He's had one injury. He's had a lot more than one injury. He's had. I'm one saying he's had one injury that debilitated him that didn't yes. allow him to play. Yeah, but also Tom Brady is 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 a mutant too. We we have to also agree with that. He, <laughs> he's from he's from a different universe. Yeah. And uh, I just what don't planet see is he from? I, I don't. I have no idea. From a far, far away galaxy. <laughs> But, but do you think that that comes into any consideration? If he can get a long-term deal with some guaranteed monies that can stretch this out, again, it's easy for sportscasters and fans to say, but what's the difference really between $32 million and $47 million? Half of it's going to taxes, Larry, that $15 million. But that $15 million in cap money allows you to have all those players around you. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I know the difference. It's $15 million. But what I'm saying is if you can make 30 to $35 million a year instead of 50 to $55 million a year, the difference is going half away in what you're giving the government, but you're getting almost double the player that you would have. And you still, if you take that three hundred that $35 million and you can get eight or 10 years, it's $350 million. Well, I, I get exactly what you're saying, Jim, and I know we're working under the, con- the construct of a salary cap, but in no other other profession do you ever even consider that. You know, I, I don't think Drake is taking less. Um, I've never seen Jim Gray take take less. Um, I, I take I've less never, so you can be on this program. I, I've never I've <clears> never <throat> seen any other you know partner at you know Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs take take less but, like but, but, like Jim, you're, no, I mean, you're, I'm you're comparing saying, like, apples to oranges they don't live they don't live in a salary cap world they don't live where, where they're spreading so. revenues with the that owners. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you know we should put pressure on Joe Burrow to take less because we think and feel like he should do what we all feel is right like that, I'm that's not, not asking fair. I'm not asking him to I'm throwing out the question if he wants to win and you know and you know the circumstance that you're in, and you, you're the one that brought it up, he's going to lose all these teammates that he has mm-hmm. because he's been under the rookie contract. So if you know that that's going to happen, you have to make a choice. Tom clearly made a choice. Aaron Rodgers has clearly made another choice. Nobody has the right decision here. Everybody's decision is best for themselves and for their families. I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong. I'm asking you, do you think that that should be a consideration or do you just dismiss it? No, I'm, I'm saying if you could have a crystal ball and you ask Joe Burrow, hey, if you take less, you can win six championships here in Cincinnati. Then, of course, it's different. But none of that is guaranteed, Jim. You can't you can't use Tom, Tom is an anomaly that would never, ever, ever happen again in sports. My, my kids, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren will never see somebody win seven. It's just not going to happen, Jim. So like for us to even sit here. And fantasize about you know somebody being able to construct something that they did for twenty years in New England. It's, it's not it's not it's not happening. So um, I, I I appreciate the argument, but it's it's just not reality. Maybe if one of those guys would, they like Tom would have their own apparel line. It's called Brady Brand. Check it out at bradybrand.com, including the new Brady pant. Go to bradybrand.com to get comfortable now. Look good and feel even better. Brady brand. Let's go. I'm excited about, I'm about it. What I'm about Burrow about brand? My, Come on, follow the pattern. Not, follow, follow the I'm, formula. 
I'm excited about my boy Tom. He uh in the Brady brand. We got a deal done over at Dick's. So I just want to welcome him over to the family over at Dick's Sporting Goods. That's fantastic. Yeah, I saw the display. So go pick up that Brady brand or log on to Bradybrand.com. Uh hey Fitz, uh, let's talk about the 49ers. Uh it's sad to play without a quarterback. Team works so hard. Um they're on their fourth quarterback in, in Johnson during the game. He gets hurt. He's concussed. He can't play. Purdy has to come back in. They think about McCaffrey. They have some other folks who they're thinking about over on the sidelines, but nobody can throw the ball. So it was kind of just like a game of surrender, um, you know, midway through the game, basically. And uh, it's, it's, it's really sad because they played some, some great, great football, and it would have been fun to see Brock Purdy, uh, how he would have done against that Eagles defense. Yeah, I mean, he, he got off to a really hot start, Jim. And, um, you know, it is an unfortunate part of the game. But, you know, I think that's really what makes football special. Yeah. Like really no other sport is that the physicality of the game can neutralize other talent. Um, and, you know, of course, we would have loved to see him being able to go toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts for the, for, the, for the whole game. But that's what Philly has done. They have put quarterbacks under the rest um, and knocked out quite a few quarterbacks this season. And, um, and – like that defense is is, is going to make it difficult for anybody, um, no matter who's back there. And um, I think the 49ers saw that. And, you know, they fought, though. Um, that, that defense really did a great job, especially in that first half of, of, of fighting. Um, but, you know, when you know your offense can't score, it just puts you in a, uh, you know, a difficult position. You know, the Eagles have just dominated. 69 to 14 is the score in these games combined. This does not bode well for anybody uh, against this defense, and they've just been on a juggernaut. Uh, I don't know what Kansas City is going to be able to do here in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure it'll be a much different, uh, much different equation in game. But uh, why have they been so dominant? I, I understand yesterday with the injuries, and and you know, you can beat any team without a quarterback. What do you attribute this to? Well, offensively, Jim, there's with all the with bad. all the parity, with all the parity, and even though they were the best team. Throughout the regular season, Hurts got hurt and they lost a couple of games. But what do you attribute this to with with such parity in the playoffs and and, and in the league? Well, Jim, we talked about it earlier in our our previous segment about quarterbacks working on their rookie deal. Um, Jalen Hurts is also, you know, playing for a very manageable number. You're getting a lot of productivity. You're getting $40 million worth of productivity out of him when he's making you know, a, a few million dollars a year. That gives you the ability to go out and address the needs and James Bradbury in the offseason at cornerback. And it gives you the ability to go get, um, you know, a player like, uh, you know, Hassan Reddick, you know, from the Carolina Panthers in free agency. You know, players that are coming in and making an immediate impact. Um, they have the best offensive line in, in, in all of football. Um, you know, they have a plethora of running backs. They have two wide receivers who rank second and third and, um their ability to beat man coverage when in those situations. So they've surrounded him with, I mean, an endless amount of talent on the offense and defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, that it makes it a lot easier when you're, when you got a player like Jalen Hurts, who it's not about him, right? You know, you, you hear his press conferences, you watch the shows about him. He's, he's a humble, mature young man. He's, he's 23, 24 years old, but you would think he was 40. He's just got a kindred soul about him. The way he addresses his teammates, the, the the way he leaned in earlier in the season when they had the shooting at the at the football game, and and how intelligent he is, and how thoughtful he is, um, you know, he's a special talent, and um, you know, it's uh, it's been fun to watch him this year. 
And to see how he has just persevered through his life, the embarrassment mm -hmm. of, of at Alabama. Yeah. And and then, you know, going to a team that had drafted, you know, the second second pick in the, in, the, in the draft was the quarterback. And then he goes there in the second round. And nobody at that time, I won't want to say nobody, but at that time, you know, there's still hope for Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. So now he's going into a situation where he probably isn't going to play. Then he plays and it doesn't go well, you know, because they lose the playoff game after he takes them to that game uh, against uh, Brady and the Bucks. So it's just a great story. And, you know, he handles it so well, too. Uh, perhaps we're overlooking him a little bit. Oh, no. no he's not sneaking up anybody, Jim. I mean, no, but he, I mean, just the attention that he gets, maybe because of Patrick Mahomes and, and, and maybe because he got hurt at the end of the season. He, to me, to me, perhaps he, he's the MVP here. Because uh, they lose those games when he doesn't play. Yeah, you're, 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 I would agree. He is. He is the quarterback of the best team in the National Football League, in my opinion. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the National Football That's League. That's true, bar, barring barring none. And so now, we're, if we're if we are anointing the MVP based on team statistics and the, and the quality of the team, and you happen to be the best player on that team, that's one thing. If we're talking about the best player, the the biggest difference maker, it, it's a that's a different story. And um, and I'm not trying to you know, diminish his light or what he's accomplished this year because it's nothing nothing short of miraculous and he deserves a a, a lucrative contract extension at the end of this year. Um but I, I don't think we're comparing apples to apples there. Should he take less? For those reasons you just enunciated and we just talked about? Absolutely not. No, there, there, there's, never, there's never a situation where you should have to take less, John. <laughs> never. The yeah, great Jim Gray told me one thing when I met him 12 years ago. Grab the money. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. State it right. I'll give you a chance to restate it. All right. You, how did you say it then, Joe? That's not what I said. I didn't say anything about grabbing. I said, Larry, keep taking that check. Because someday there won't be a check. As long as you're healthy and as long as you have the desire and the love, go take that check. <laughs> isn't, isn't that what I said? That's a little bit different than yeah, you the way yes, you portrayed and that, it. And, that, and that's the same thing you would tell Jalen Hurts, too, if you were having a conversation with him privately. Grab that check. <laughs> take that check. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Don't use the word grab. Take that All right. check. All right. But I also said this. You've earned it. Mm -hmm. You've earned it. Yeah, that's true. You don't deserve yeah. anything. Nobody deserves anything. You earn. And you earned it. Mm -hmm. And he's earned it. Yeah. As is Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. And and nobody nobody's telling Patrick Boland's estate to take less money when they sell the team. They didn't say, mm -hmm. you know what? <laughs> I think we could I think we should take a little less money and give it to the players. Mm -hmm. They told yeah. Mr. Walton, no, it's $4.6 billion. Yeah. So the players do earn, earn whatever it is that they can get. Yeah. Formula just happens to work a little bit better if they take a little less so some of the other players on their team can earn some money so that they have good teammates. Mm -hmm. um, Larry, it's a couple of interesting things we've got as we wrap up uh, Let's Go for this week. You know, it's the Kelsey Bowl. First time that we've had brothers playing in a Super Bowl with uh, Jason, who's going to go. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's been just that great 
and uh, his brother Travis is probably going to go as well. They're both going to go. And so now you've got mom, Kelsey. Both sons have already won a Super Bowl. So it's not like somebody's going to be deprived for life if they don't get this. But it's a, it's a great position for her to be in, and it's also a tough position. And it's just kind of fun to see this. And they do a podcast that's very successful as well. Yeah, uh, Donna and Ed, they definitely have a lot to think about. I mean, both both of their boys have won a championship, but it doesn't make it any easier when you're uh, when you're sitting in that stands. You know, I, I think you just root for both offenses, right? Both offenses do well, and and, and you're happy. Um, but uh, that's a tough that's a tough predicament, but one that you know, you're very thankful and to, to be able to have. You know, because it's it's rarefied air to be able to play in a Super Bowl, and it's even more rarefied air to be able to have uh, an offense one child, you know, be lucky enough to play in the National Football League, but two that are on the directory of Hall of Fame careers, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. And Larry, it's also another milestone. Uh, the first time the two black men will be starting at quarterback uh, in a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you've seen the numbers, you know, drastically increase, you know, over the last 10, 10 to 15 years. Uh, there's more black quarterbacks playing. And, um, you know, I, it's only a matter of time for this that this was going to happen. But I don't I don't think either one of them looking at this as a, as a big deal. You know, they've they've worked, um, you know, their tails off to put themselves in, in this spot, you know, to be able to, you know, have the chance to play for, you know, the greatest honor in football. You know, you said they're not looking at it as a big deal. Is it? I wouldn't say it's. I think it's. It's. I think it should be mentioned. Um, I, I think it's noteworthy. It's uh, something that you know we should pay homage to and, and see how far the game of football has come. But then I look at you know the coaching situation. You know what happened with Steve Wilkes and things of that. So there's there's still a long way for us to go um, as a league. But we we definitely should celebrate. You know this. This achievement, this accomplishment, you know, um, and this milestone. Um, but, you know, it's still there's still a long road to go. So this is a first. Let's also pay homage to all of those who've come before who paved the way. Marlon Briscoe, the first black quarterback. Doug Williams, the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Warren Moon, the only quarterback in the Pro Football Hall of Fame who's black. And now these two guys will be the first two black quarterbacks to start uh, for their respective teams. Uh, in a Super Bowl. Larry, best of luck. We will talk to you next Monday, and uh, you'll be wearing that hat as the uh, host-in-chief. And uh, we look forward to uh, being with you next week when we come down to Phoenix, as is the rest of the world. Well, I look forward to you guys all coming out here and enjoying my little slice of heaven. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all. That's the great Larry Fitzgerald. He's our expert. And any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert for buying or refinancing a home. Your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by the number one mortgage lender in America. That's United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS, number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, with production assistance by Harris Fabishoff. And to our sponsors, Hertz, USAA. American Express, Bank of America, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, Brady Brand, and Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions and Scratchy Productions. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week, everybody, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM.
Sirius XM Podcasts. <laughs>